0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Box. This week, Mike and I went on the road to Wonderland of Ice in Bridgeport to sit down with Fairfield Prep coaches Matt Sather and Rudy Moritz. We've been trying to get this sit down for a couple of weeks, and uh, luckily, finally, the the schedule locked up uh, for the four of us to get together. Uh, These two coaches not only have been coaching hockey at Prep for over 20 years, uh, with Matt as the head coach, and Rudy as his assistant, they've also been coaching the baseball team together as well in flip roles with uh, Coach Moritz as the head coach and Coach Taylor as the assistant coach. Both programs very successful. Uh, it's quite the fascinating friendship, and we dive into that as well as talk about the success of the prep hockey program, if there's a secret uh, to their success, and uh, you know how they how they got there. Uh, it's a pretty pretty awesome uh, sit down, if I do say so myself, and. Uh, The show will end with the interview, Uh, so thank you, and enjoy our sit-down with Coach Sather and Coach Moritz. (laughs) Joining us now on Inside the Box, we have Fairfield Prep Coaches, Matt Sather and Rudy Moritz. How are you guys doing today? Great. Wonderful. Yeah, we've been wanting to get this one together for a while. I know it's one that Mike uh, really wanted to do, because I personally am fascinated by um, this friendship that you guys have, because... There are multiple sport coaches in the state, but I think the way you guys do it is pretty interesting. For those who don't know, Matt's the head coach of the hockey team. Rudy's his assistant, and then when they get to baseball, they flip. Rudy's the head baseball coach. Matt is the assistant there. So where did this friendship begin?
1: Uh, uh, began when we were kids. Uh, played a little bit of youth hockey together, and then we, uh, then we ended up going to Fairfield Prep together and played both hockey and baseball together at prep.
0: That's wild. I mean – yeah to okay so what were you better at baseball or hockey
1: i I'd, I'd say that was you know, about the same in each uh uh didn't have to work quite as hard at baseball as i did at hockey
2: and what about you matt um i would say i, I was probably a better baseball player by the end of my time in high school <laughs> but um, but I couldn't make the jump to college baseball. But I I could make the jump to college hockey. If that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was true. <laughs> uh, I never had the ability to jump
0: in either of them. So, but Mike was a soccer player in high school. So, well, barely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Second worst goalie in history.
0: <laughs> you could be worse. True. So, so when you took over, you took over the program when you were very young, right? Mid twenties.
2: Uh, I was twenty three. 23 was Rudy with you right from the beginning? Yeah, right from the start. So I was teaching at Prep um and Rudy was working uh at the Naugatuck Y right out of college looking to teach at Prep when the job opened up and and uh part of part of me taking over was bringing Rudy in as as uh as our defensive coordinator. So how
0: long has now would been? How's it been? How it's 21.
2: It been? 21 years. And you guys still like each
0: other?
1: Yeah. <laughs> We would get along great.
0: <laughs> and you've been coaching the baseball team for how long now?
1: Uh I think this is my so for uh this will be either my 14th or 15th season coaching the as the head coach of the baseball program.
0: And coach Ade with you the whole time.
1: Yep. And and Matt was Matt was the uh, assistant baseball coach uh with the uh, with Ed Rowe, who was the coach prior to me. Uh I think probably for about 8 years prior to me and then um and, and I was the freshman baseball coach for six years before I became head coach.
0: Wow. This is – as I mean, Mike, you went to a private high school. I went to a private high school as well. I went to a Catholic uh, private high school. Is this just like the family, you know, at, you know, kind of community part that you guys went there and now we're coaching there, have been coaching here for so long. Does that just speak volumes about, you know, the community family environment that Fairfield Prep has?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of uh, emphasis at the school – um, both implicitly and explicitly to make sure that you give back after you graduate. Uh, and certainly working there is part of that. Um, but I also think there's a lot of pride around the school for that community. Um, and that's something that, that
3: energizes me uh, to go to work every day. We, uh, you and I talked about, well, both of you, actually, a couple of years ago, I did a story on you guys as a staff. And, I mean, in a sport where there's so much turnover and coaches – to see a staff that stayed together for one when, when your brother come in about uh, fifteen years ago is it that hey, long yeah sixteen yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, that kind of longevity it's incredible how is it how has it uh, stayed together, and how have you guys you know kept that going? I think
2: some of it's luck, you know uh, life circumstance, and people move, and you know we're just lucky that that all of us have you know settled our families in this area. I think that's some of it, but I think some of it is also. You know, a group of people, uh, and I certainly feel this, who love to give back. They love hockey. Uh, they love Fairfield Prep. Um, they want to be a part of it. And I think the way that the way that we do things are, are, makes it easier to do that maybe than, than some other places. Um, you know, we're not, not coaching in the offseason. Um, you know, it's just what we do here. We're not running youth programs or, or running camps right. or anything like that. We're just here. And, and it helps that you guys win.
3: <laughs> yeah um
1: i i think that uh either way um you know as matt said you know the there's a part of it where it's part of who you are you're part of you know, it's part of who you are as a community it's part of our our dna is jesuit school um you know the the athletic field the ice is an extension of the classroom um uh, you know, it, it it feels good to be out here with the guys every day, and and to be working with them. And and it's you know, as Matt talked about, being inspired. It's 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 inspiring watching guys progress and get better and improve, and uh, especially watching them come together as as teams, um, which is always a lot of fun. It keeps you going. Um, you know, it, you know, for the exception that of that one year uh, out of college where I I worked as a program director for a while um you know basically uh being involved in school and athletics has been a part of my entire life you know basically from you know from grammar school all the way on up you know and i was i was thinking about this today that that uh i have been at the wonderland of ice in one capacity or another for about 40 years now you know from the time i was a little tyke to to now and uh and I don't think there are many people out there that could say that they've been part of something, uh, you know, for that long. Yeah. I, so it's, a, it's a it's a very unique experience.
0: It definitely is. And, you know, I mean, I, I knew you were at Coach and Prep for a while at hockey. I knew you were coaching baseball for a while. I think it might have been like two years ago I was talking to Mike, and he's like, yeah, there's Rudy. I was like, oh, I, like, I know him. I, I feel like it's something that it, – it might be known around the hockey circles, but, like, just knowing that you guys – you know, flip I mean, We were just talking about. It. I mean, the end of the winter into the spring is such a quick turnaround. And you know, we like joke about us and complain. Oh, you know, you have to do all-state teams and top twenty-five players to watch for baseball. Oh, no. But you know, to go from hockey, you know, on the ice, certain times to to going to coach baseball. How's that transition? And, and how quick? Because look, I'll say it. You guys probably won't say it, but you guys are always making it deeper on the you guys are always playing on the last day of the season, and then that Monday, baseball.
1: Well, you know, it's a uh, it's it's quite a it's it's uh, it's tough. Um, you know now now the way the seasons go, uh, you know, technically, you know, again if all goes right and the river doesn't rise, uh, uh, <laughs> you true. know the. Uh, You know, we'll be, you know, technically we could, you know, we start pitchers, you know, pitchers and catchers would start, you know, uh, you know, game, you know, game two of the state tournament, Um, you know, could technically start on that first Saturday. Uh, I think, I think that part of what makes it work for us is that uh, I think we have a good perspective about what high school athletics is, what it means and where it should fit in. Uh, our lives as coaches and where it should fit in our, our players lives uh, but those weeks are tough when we're you know uh, you know doing doing hockey in the afternoon and and going to pitchers and catchers at school in the morning um, and uh, you know and then you know last couple seasons uh, you know it must have been 2014 Uh was the first year where we we had gotten snowed out of the state championship game, and so the state championship game got pushed into that first week of tryouts, and I had to go into our principal and say, "Hey, I need to get this started. What can you What can you do for me here?" and uh, And we were actually getting. I was act, I was actually getting out of class early so I could run, <laughs> I could run baseball, I could run baseball tryouts for a couple hours, and then and then you know drive up to Yale to go coach a state championship hockey game you know it's it's uh you know it, it's a blessing you know uh but uh it's uh it's tough it's yep, tough
3: for sure do you guys have any, any anybody else to help you guys out is it just just a two in baseball no we we anyone? have
1: uh, we have a couple of other coaches on okay. our staff in baseball um you know we uh, we have us. actually a, a former player uh okay. who's on our staff a form, uh, at our school and then our JV coach has been there for this. Will be his 19th season, I believe, wow. uh, at the school. Um, you know, and, and, again, and that that kind of longevity with uh, a good number of the coaches at the schools, it's a product of the, it's
2: a byproduct of the school. Yeah, Absolutely. but that but week can't be delegated. <laughs> yeah, that's tryouts. Yep. Yeah, and the head coach has to be there. Rudy's got to be there yep. uh, to make all those decisions and yeah. and be able mm-hmm. to, you know, give all those kids a really good look and a fair shot. So it's it's. A lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I like, you know, I joke about us with our turnover. But then you look at like, there's a few coaches in the state who do do the. We like, to, you know, at work, it's like you never want like to cover a big sport, right? You know, hockey is a big sport, basketball, and then go and cover like baseball and so because like they cross over and you're right. trying to do one thing and another thing. But obviously, coaching when you have the decisions to make, those are, those are pretty crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and now and, and in some respects, it's gotten. A little bit easier, but also a little more time-consuming at the same time. Now that state, you know, again, you hope everything goes the way you want it to go. But you know, baseball tryouts, but you know, start on a Saturday now, and again, that state championship hockey game wouldn't be until, you know, that that following Tuesday. Yeah. So now you're talking about being, you know, forty. You know, you're going to be into day four of baseball. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, with the the way the sports intersect. I, I always question how how fair it is to the guys who can't try out because they're in the midst of playing a winter sport and again it's it's a you know a nice position to be in to be playing at the end yeah you know, whether you're a football player you know during at the end of football season mm-hmm. okay or you're or you're a hockey player you know at the end of hockey season but uh it it it, it does create you know a couple of wrinkles within that um uh, within those those trial processes especially for the guys that are or multi multi sport athletes. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say. Do you guys have any baseball players on the on the hockey team? N-
1: nobody on the varsity hockey team this year. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of guys in our JV program that 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 play both, but okay. but no uh, no guys at the varsity level.
0: All right. Since we have you, I for all the coaches in the state, I have to ask this question: What's the secret? What's the is there like a different kind of water you guys drink here? Um, what is the secret? To the success that you guys have been able to put together, I, my my roommate in college went to Hamden. He played for Billy. Uh, he was on the oh six oh seven oh eight, and then they won the two titles after he left. But his brother played before. And anytime I talk to them about hockey, they're like, "I hate Fairfield Prep." <laughs> but what what is the secret here to to have this long success that you guys have had? I don't,
2: I don't think there is a secret. Um, I think it's you know, having good players and putting good players in a position to be successful. Um, you know, I've I've known a lot of coaches in Connecticut that I think, you know, if they had, um, if they had what we had to work with, would do just as well. So, no secret water. I don't think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but with that success, has to come pressure, and the pressure to win. Not you know, maybe it's not inside the school or in the locker room or the parents or you know us, the media or the fans. But everyone expects this from you guys now. And, you know, you guys always have a target on your back every year. So is that a comforting thing to know that it's there every year? But how do you keep it up every year to know that we have something to uphold for the teams that have played before
2: us? Well, I think what people fail to realize is it's not every year for the kids in the room. It's only this year. Um, So everybody else around us looks at what happened 10 or 15 years ago. But these guys don't. They're just looking at what's happening today and tomorrow. And our job as coaches, I think, is to let them do that. Um, you know, let them enjoy the moment. Even even the kids that were on the team last year are having a very different experience this year than last. And you have to let that happen uh, for good and bad. Sometimes that's, you know, a good thing, seeing things through fresh eyes. Sometimes you'd like them to call upon some of their experiences in the past, but you can't force that. Um I, I don't know about Rudy, but I, I don't feel pressure to do anything other than offer a good experience to these kids. That's the only pressure I feel.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know that you know, that's it. You know it, where we are, um, and you know what our what our school values is making. You know is putting. You know having our our our, our student athletes have a, a great experience. Um, I think that I think for me, you know, I. I I call upon, uh, I call upon my past and, and the feelings I had as when I was their age. You know, I, uh, you know, I the the memories of of uh, of it not working out the last game are, are are still fresh in my mind. I'll never forget them. Uh, you know, a couple of uh, uh, a couple of semifinal losses in my junior and senior year at prep, and uh, a finals loss sophomore year. And a, and a win in their, my freshman year. Um, you know, you, you just want the guys to go out there and have the best experience that they can. Um, and, it, and it's great just watching and being part of uh, the growth of these guys, you know, and, and seeing how they grow from last year to this year, especially for our seniors, how they were, you know, how you know, the roles were so much different for them from last year to this year. Uh, and to see them take on these new responsibilities, is, it's it's really great and it's fun and it's it's the the rewarding part of of being here. That um, yeah, the, the championships aren't a you know they're not a, they're you know I guess they're a byproduct of, of what happens, but um, but it's but the it's that growth. You know, it's uh, watching guys do things that you never seen before. You know, I I could still I still remember. Uh, the emotion I felt, you know, watching this big left-handed pitcher we had basically hammer a home run against Xavier to beat him at alumni at Alumni Diamond back in 2010, you know, and and feeling the elate, you know, just you know feeling in that the elation in that moment for what that kid had just done, um, coming through in that that clutch situation, um, again, and, and that's you know that's what makes these these moments for me. So.
0: Any chance you can beat Xavier is a good one. <clears throat> the,
1: the The thing that people like to talk about when they
0: talk about Fairfield Prep is your schedule. When did that? When did you see that option where you can go out of state and play all these teams? And was there a moment or a year where it clicked? Like we're just going to play the hardest regular season schedule ever, and and just try to get you know basically ready for the playoffs.
2: Well, I, I think we didn't invent that. Um, I think people give us too much credit for that. I do. That was in place <laughs> before we started. Um, and it, it went all the way back to the 90s when I was in high school, and we didn't have a league. So if you go back to to 93 and before, Prep didn't have a league. We were an independent school um, in the CIAC, and trying to find games was impossible. You know, there were only two divisions. There were only 40-something teams that played hockey in the state. And it was hard to find games. So the coaches back then would go out of state, not necessarily for a challenge, but just to round out the schedule. Um, I think what we did differently was early on, we expanded it a touch and we didn't back off when we got pounded. And we got pounded a lot, (laughs) a lot. We're talking like 11 to one, eight to one, go to BC, have BC high come here and beat us eight one. You know, score seven power play goals on us. Um, you know, go up and and play Mount St. Charles at Yale and lose eleven nothing. Um, games like that where we we didn't back off when that happened. Um, you know, and and then the CIEC changed the rules where all of a sudden those games counted, and that was the make or break point for some teams in Connecticut. It says, hey, if those games count, we got to back off a little bit, and we didn't. Um, we made the decision to, to keep going. Um, and I think at the same time that that happened, Connecticut hockey and Rhode Island hockey, in terms of talent, switched places. Um, and it made it a little easier to compete in some of those out-of-state games and those tournaments that we were in, um, you know, compared to 2002 when Mount St. Charles had, you know, five Division One kids in their team. <laughs> Um, that that doesn't happen anymore up there. So that's a lot, <laughs> but we didn't we didn't invent it, you yeah. know. And it's it's not it's just something we we've, we've stuck to and expanded a touch. Um, and when the hard times came, you know we didn't back off on it. And and what I've told other coaches that have asked is the key to it is you need a plan for success and you need a plan for failure. So if you're going to go up and you're going to play a team that's going to knock you around going to beat you 5-1 or 6-1, and you know that's a possibility. You better be ready to handle the locker room after the game and the next week of practice. And it has to be part of a plan. It can't be a reaction. It can't be something where, you know, if you go up and play a team that's going to thump you, the reaction can't be, I'm mad at my kids now. Well, you put them in that position. The reaction has to be, we did that for a reason. Here's what the reason is, and then let's work on it.
0: So then when you see other teams around the state now trying to do it and, and you know, we had Larry Vieira on the show early in the year and he said, I'm not hiding it. I'm taking the Fairfield prep model and I'm implementing it here at Notre Dame. When you see other and other teams around the state are doing it as well and a lot of the FCAC teams are following suit because of the way that their schedule is set up where they need to go out and, and kind of play these other big-time games to get ready for the playoffs. Do you think it's a good thing for Connecticut hockey, high school hockey, or do you think it's a bad thing that – the best teams are leaving because the competition, you know, some schools, not you guys, you know, some coaches view it as the competition. It's not going to get them
2: ready for that 16-team run. I think it's a great thing. I think, you know, the more exposure that you can give Connecticut hockey to the, the rest of the world and the more exposure you can give your kids to what's out there, um, the better. And, you know, it makes the tournament a fun time when a lot of teams are ready to play. Um, you know, I just, I just would i would just want to see that you know that the the teams that are making that push that they're doing it as a challenge not just to round out their schedule um because i'm sure there are some teams that are, are having a hard time finding 20 games and they're going elsewhere to find them um and that can that can be a bit of a snowball if if that kind of thing happens but if you're going out to have fun if you're going out of state to get challenged if you're going out of state you know as a as a you know, team building exercise. I think those are great. No reason to back
3: off. I think it was that first full season that you guys had, where it was. I think you guys were right around five hundred, maybe an under under five hundred for a little bit there. You know, kind of, especially the first year coach and, and the young staff. You know, putting bringing that all together. How what? what I what mean, that, that first year so? we were zero and six out of state, and
2: we were zero and six and probably lost by. If you added those games up, was probably thirty-five or forty goals in those games that we were down. Wow. We got pounded. Um, and I actually, after our last <coughs> Hamden game, had had dinner with the goalie from that team, Mike Healy, and we were talking about it. And what was amazing to me was, you know, he's he's only a few years younger than I am now, but he Mike was saying that um, that they didn't see it the way Rudy and I saw it. You know, that the kids – we felt like it was the end of the world losing those games, and, and they don't remember it that way. They just remember them as being fun.
0: Speaking of players who, who did play, if I remember correctly, Joe Mancini. Yes. Right? He played he – he was a defenseman. No, he was a forward. Forward, and he was uh, one of your pitchers. Pitcher in the third baseman. Third baseman playing at BC right now. Yes. Having had a great freshman year. Yes. He did. How is that, just because I you know, remember him playing both, how is it coaching him where you're the head coach for one season and then you flip? And now you're the head coach for one season.
1: You know, I've always, I've always felt. I'm not sure about Matt when it comes to baseball, but um, I've always felt that with with hockey, uh, as the assistant coach, I've always been able to have a little bit of a, a different relationship with yeah. the with the guys than uh, than the head coach does. Um, and uh, and being able to see Joe, uh, in 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 both lights. Uh, was a lot of fun he was extremely talented at both very gifted uh we had a player before him uh, by the name of dean lockery uh who was mm-hmm. uh who was just this uh energetic you know guy kid just had an engine that just was constantly on motor that was constantly running um you know and it, and it was it was great to have those guys in in both sports and and to uh and to. To see how they, did you see just how talented they they were, in, in sports that seemed to be very different. Um, uh, and, and just to, again to be to be part of that and to be fortunate to coach those guys has been has been a great experience.
0: This year, obviously, we're, we're winding down. Um, yeah, there are a couple more games left, and the the SEC championships, and then into the states. How is the team? Where do you think the team is right now in terms of? you know making a repeat run going back to yale and you know trying to lift that uh, plaque one more time
2: uh, i think we're in good shape i think um senior class is is doing a, a good job in the last few weeks of really stepping up um energy wise um, the captains but especially the seniors um really are have been a lot very positive um uh, since really since uh since we came back from pope francis tournament which was again you, you know you go up there you're gonna lose uh more likely than not and uh you gotta have a plan coming out and part of that plan was all right seniors now it's your turn what are we gonna do here and, and those guys have really come back from that experience energized recommitted excited uh, practices have been fun results have been good um you know, we're getting a little healthier, but we we still have a way to, ways to go there. Um, but I, I like I like our spot. I like where we are.
0: And then, look, we how big social media is is obviously different than when you played and when you guys first started coaching and how everything is so successful and now everybody can say something, have a voice and comment. You know, when you guys, you know, play your out-of-state schedule at the beginning of the year, come back, and then everyone's like waiting for the Fairfield prep team to click, right? You guys have those couple of big wins. And then you go out, you play Darianne. You lose a close one. Everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. This might be, you know, the Fairfield prep, you know, whatever people say online. How do you keep that out of the locker room? How do you keep it, you know, let's just focus on the goal at hand. Don't sit on Twitter. Don't sit on Instagram. Don't read comments on Game Time CT or, you know, see all that stuff on social media where they're just able to focus at the task at hand because everything's so accessible now, whether you have a laptop or a phone.
1: No, I don't pay any attention to it uh you know i i uh you know it's it, like a lot of things here you know i i think there's a certain message sent to them about social media at, at the outset of the year and then we don't really have to talk about it all that much uh we're just focused on what we do you know and and uh in improving as a team and uh you know, and and that's uh, you know that's what every day is about. It's about that about that growth and about that improvement. Uh, all we can control is ourselves, um, and uh, and that's a big part about what you know what vacation week is about for us as well is about improvement and continuing to work and uh, and just staying focused on on who we are, and what you know what our goals are, and and uh, again just getting that a little bit better every day
0: just <clears throat> you guys have been here for so long what's been the biggest difference from when you first started coaching here you know 20 plus years ago to now where it you know whether it's changed from kids or with the prep schools being more involved now and the CIAC with the with the juniors teams and you can't play you know for your high school team like what's been the biggest difference that you've noticed over your time here
2: i, I think it's the depth has grown um so much in in 20 years I mean you look at you look at the number of teams that have a third line Um, you look at the talent and the ability of teams that quote unquote are division two and I say quote unquote because I'm not sure what that line is anymore Yeah. Um, you know when you look at that that's totally different when we first started um, you know our JV team could beat division two teams and did Played in tournaments with Division Two teams and won. Um, that is, that is not even close anymore. Um, the depth is so much more now. Maybe maybe we're missing a high end kid from a program here or there that um, that is opting for a different route um, compared to where it was 20 years ago. But overall, I would say the depth makes up for that in a lot of ways. And I think when it comes to those higher end kids and the the model that both USA Hockey and the NCAA are pushing, I think that's going to come back our way too because there's really no reason, unless you are draftable, there's no reason not to stay in high school for four yeah. years. There's no reason. You're not going to college at 18 if you want to play college hockey anyway. Yeah. It's tw- 19, 20, tw- 21. You're going to have to do those years. So what you do when you're 15 you might as well be at a place where you there's some pride. You're playing f- with your friends and in you know, in front of your town. Um, you, the coaches have your best interests in mind. You're getting on the ice every day, uh, and you're doing it for free. Yeah, I mean, where else can you get that? <laughs> it's true. It's I, pretty I kinda, remarkable I product. Wanna, that I want to play hockey offers. again. I, I pay way too much for 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 men's league, and I'm not that good. <laughs> you know, I, I think we offer a spectacular product, um, and I think I think what we've seen at prep is. You know, kids are uh, are staying put more than ever. Um, we haven't lost a kid to prep school in a long time, um, and you know, and the ones that we do lose from time to time usually are going for other reasons, including hockey, but yeah. other reasons. Um, and the kids that we've had that have gone on to college, um, it's it's really determined by what they do after high school that makes that happen. Um, And, uh, you know, and I I don't see a reason to leave. Yeah,
0: you you know, you mentioned that what happens after high school. You know, you got obviously Chris and Ted Drury's Drury's jerseys hanging there. You look at guys like Nick Benino, who played four years at Farmington and then went prep and then went to college. Even Jonathan Quick played a little bit at Hamden before he he went to Avon. Do you think that the – I'm trying to – because we see it in basketball a lot now where I I like the post-grad year – for that, you play your four years for high school, then you play another year to prep, and then you go. But do you think that maybe some of these kids are making the jump too early, whether they're freshmen, sophomores, instead of like getting that experience, playing for coaches who have the best interest in them, learning, and then going if they can to possibly
2: play at Division one level or be drafted. Look, I, I think, I think it's different for every kid. I think every family faces their own situation, their own needs, but ultimately. If you're getting on the ice for an hour and a half, two hours every day for practice, if your coach is giving you is challenging you in those moments, and you're having fun and and enjoying the sport, there's no reason to leave. You're in the right spot. Now, if you're going out there and and saying, "Hey, I need a development opportunity that, um, that I am not getting at the place that I'm at," maybe I'm not getting on the ice enough. Um, you know. We don't practice enough. Uh, the games aren't challenging to me. I'm out there dominating. Well, yeah, sure. If there's if there's an opportunity out there, go ahead. But um, you know, but I, I really think if you're loving it and you're increasing as an athlete, uh, you're in the right place.
0: Cool. And just one more thing, <clears throat> Fairfield Prep is Fairfield Prep in this state. Like it's you know it's it, people hold it to the highest standard in the majority of the sports that they play. You know, I mean, I've only been doing this for seven, eight years now. I've seen the hockey team be very great, very, you know, successful. I've seen the baseball team come, you know, a couple of pitches away from going to the state finals, the basketball team. there's There's just this high level of success at this school, and with that comes people, you know, hate, unfortunately, because that's just the way that it is. But do you guys like, you know, everyone calls you guys like the evil empire. I may or may not, you know, I love that By the way, Darth was the best Jedi But, do you guys Not buy into that or anything like that But, do you guys notice that when you guys like go on the road And stuff, that people just want to beat you guys Because they just I don't want to say don't like you, but I think it's jealousy That's the way that I look at it When they trant overrated, it's because they're jealous They're not mad, but do you guys like feel that When you guys go on the road Or even when you're at Yale and there are other teams there just rooting against you guys Or that just doesn't cross your mind
2: I, I don't see that. Yeah. Um, I mean that talking to the coaches, uh, I feel um, part of a part of a brotherhood, and if there's a, a competitive spirit, um, that that's what the game's all about. You know, if they want to beat us, great. No. You know, we want them to want to beat us, um, and we want to beat them. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're evil, or, yeah. no. or we think that they think <laughs> we're evil. Um, You know, and if someone did think I was evil, I would hope they'd say it to me. Um, But I haven't heard that. I get nothing but, um, you know, pleasant conversations.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, you guys have the bomb squad who was awesome. I mean, when they come to a game, I mean, how much does that kind of – I mean, obviously, we saw it against Notre Dame-Western, and there's only a couple of them, and they could be heard. But when they fill out Yale, how crazy is that? When they get, like, top to
2: bottom, they take over, like, three sections at the arena. Yeah, we we talk a lot about – um, in our locker room We talk a lot about What inspires you You know And and Sometimes it's the effort Of a third line kid Sometimes it's the excellence Of a first line kid And sometimes it's It's the pride you feel When your friends show up To support you And when you see that um, It's ins- inspirational For all, everybody Absolutely I love i love big fan Of the bomb squad I got anything
0: Good, 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 good. You're good Alright Well guys Thank you so much Really appreciate it I will Well I'll see you guys The rest of the year But then we got baseball Great. How, how's the baseball team looking? I, I know last year you guys rallied, you know, some injuries, but how does the team look this uh, year?
1: We have a good, strong squad. I think we have some good pitching coming back. Uh, you know, we, we do have, uh, you know, a couple big spots to fill. Um, but uh, I think we've got a good crop of, of seniors who can uh, lead the way for us. And, and, again, I think we have some some pretty good pitchers. So I think we'll be right there uh, in the mix for the league. Um And then we'll see how it shakes out after that. Baseball's tough.
0: Yeah, definitely as well. Until then, we have hockey the rest of the way. So, gentlemen, thank you guys so much. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.